Hello. Uh, before you listen to this, you should know that we use naughty words and talk about bottoms and things. So if you do not like explicit content, now is the time to stop listening. Otherwise, hold on for the good stuff. Hello and welcome to That Was The Week That Was A While Ago, the podcast where we try to understand yesteryear's internet nonsense today. I'm Oscar. And I'm Alex. Alex, would you like to know what the paper said today a few years ago? I'd absolutely love to know that. This is provided by the Daily Mail, 1996. Um, it's 100. It was 100 years, which means it's 110 years since that. Um, what would you call it? Filth, I think. That the, that sick filth was unleashed upon the world. It worth pointing out that it's actually 120 years. Cause... Oh yeah, no, because I assumed that the 90s were 10 years ago. Yeah, and that they they sadly are, you know, fitting into the rearview mirror of history. Yeah. I know, and I'm, like, not reconciled to that at all, as you might be able to tell. It's a very short article. I'm going to read it out in full, because I think it's worth it. Um, Ian Woolridge, 5th of June, 1996. There is a certain energetic nostalgia at the Daily Mail this year. It is exactly 100 years since Lord Northcliffe founded the newspaper, and we are storming ahead with our circulation. Hence, a sentimental golfing visit this past weekend to Biarritz and Pau on the southern Atlantic coast of France, where he frequently took his recreation. Isn't that nice? They all went on holiday. And, it, and they didn't call it a holiday because that would be common. It's no, a recreation. It's recreation. That would be very lower middle class. Yeah. So, Pau Golf Club has hardly changed down the years. The names of former champions, mostly English, still emblaze the walls, ranked, titled, or double-barreled. You may continue to walk into the clubhouse in your spikes. It remains wonderfully civilised. Northcliffe invested us all with a heritage of frankness. Near Pau, he wrote in 1919, there was plenty of winter sports amusement. As good as those in the Alps, without the cook's tourists who infest the Alps. He was much taken in his diaries by a girl of 22 who beat him four and two. She was a regular spitfire. The way she threw her small body at the ball reminded me of the release of a stone from a catapult. I lost five balls, mostly in the river. You don't want to lose your balls in the river. You do not want to lose your balls in the river uh, to a spitfire of a girl. The present owner, Lord Rothermere, played there on Monday. I report this because things have improved. He won his match by virtue of bringing round with him a bloody great Japanese dog named Ryuma, deliberately trained to walk across your line of fire on most tees. It is not politic, of course, to kill the proprietor's dog. You simply pat it on the head and keep your job. I mean, it says everything about, I mean, about the class system in, in the UK. That, that article there is, that is the entire debate around the European Union. That is every election. That is every therapy session in the UK. Uh, it should probably be handed out at the border with a note that says, unfortunately, they're still like this. Yeah. <laughs> we, we train a lot of young men to hold this sort of set of ideas in high reverence. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what I love about this also? Go on. Um, we've got some perving on a young girl. We've mm-hmm. got um, some xenophobia and boorish patriotism. Mm-hmm. We've got celeb news, and we've Where? got sort of like a um, Lord Rothermere, Lord Rothermere, Lord Northcliffe, if they count as celebs. I suppose in a sort of Evelyn War way, yes, I guess. Yeah, it's like I think we might have meet, reached. Um, this is this is nostalgia too far for us, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's I, okay. I, I think it's one of those. It's from 1996, and I mean, I, I like to think of myself as an internet person, but we didn't get the internet until 97, so. Mm. I feel as though this is 
this is the week that was before the internet, you know? Yeah. And it's... Can you imagine... If this was released on the internet now, you know, diarist pervs on girl tries and wants to kill proprietor's dog, um, you know, golfing trip to golfing trip to the middle of France, it would just be the most, you know, there'd be a nice little Twitter storm and people would laugh at them and they would continue blithely on, whereas in these days... Well, that's in fact exactly what they do. Yes. Well, I suppose less golf. I mean, I mean, it's kind of interesting that this is on the Daily Mail's website at this, and surrounded by adverts for, you know, the sidebar of shame and so on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's a very different style of writing and I would go so far as to say content to uh, what the internet has honed our you know against against our uh, that's true this wouldn't be one article it would be it would be three yeah it would be a a a groveling sycophantic piece about the owner of the paper being really good at golf and having a nice dog Uh, it would be like a sort of historical interest piece on Lord Northcliffe and uh, I don't know how but they would get some way of judging some woman who didn't look oh yeah it would be, you know, described in the diaries as a girl of 22, uh, uh, like a regular Spitfire. Yeah. Um, but then they would find some photos of her with cellulite uh, yeah. in the beach in, like, 1990, uh, when she was 80, and be like, well, she wasn't hot then, mm. so that must mean that we must um, discount any mo- notion of her being, uh, of having existed or having been interesting. Or you know. Did you get so good at dot golf by neglecting to go and get a husband and spending yeah. all your time on the golf pitch? Is that why you're so dowdy and why your hands are so rough? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is actually a Daily Mail article from this week's mag- uh, She magazine. It's yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> hate yourself more for playing sports. <laughs> you haven't got children. Which is weird, right? Like, how are you supposed to reconcile that in your head if you're meant to love yourself for playing sports and love your body for having a sport body, but also hate yourself for playing sports? It's almost like it's a no-win situation. It's, it is weird, but I mean... It, I want to add another axis of judgment in because, like, oh, anyone dude. playing golf as sport, I know, come right. on, fuck off. <laughs> I, I remember as a younger man, um, a friend of mine winning uh, a sports tie at school, like mm. the sort of reward tie at school for playing bridge as a sport, and <laughs> finding that, finding that absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they, they, they were national champions. That was very good. Um, yeah, no, but, you know, it, it was still holding cards rather than. No, I appreciate right. the achievement, but I don't like it. Maybe I like it being a sport. Chess is a sport. Chess boxing is a sport. Chess is a game. Boxing is a sport. Boxing is a sport, which is why I'm, you know, I'm not good at boxing. Mm. Like all sports, I am not good at it. Um, hey, we've been speaking about throwing punches and developing moves. Uh-huh. Would you like now to think more about tugging things and sh- being a shower rather than a grower? I, I Oscar, I, I, I am never... Tugging things is never far from my mind. Okay, well, shall I, shall I tell you what it is? What's going on? Please. Um, let, let, let's, you know, get this out of... Let's get this out in the open. Let's pull back the, uh, the curtains. And, and wash away the, the filthy smegma of... Um, um, confusion—the no, filthy smegma yeah. of confusion. Um, so um, this is actually something that's been kicking um, around the web for a little while, I think. But um, last year, BuzzFeed published a piece about men who are trying to regrow their foreskin. Um, certainly, I think it's it's more, a bit more common in America to be both to be circumcised, but also to be part of the movement that um, 
Uh, essentially, I think it's essentially a libertarian argument that you ought to have been given a choice about whether or not you had your foreskin removed, and therefore, in in defiance of, uh, of cultural norms, to to regrow it by just tugging very hard on the remnants, which does actually eventually get you there. I, I I'm looking at a horrifying animated gif of this right now, and it is I, it's hypnotic, but also quite retching. It's really unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean. Okay, um, I, more out of the sense it just looks like kind of weird rubber. It, I mean, the way it's been filmed as a prop. I, I recommend visiting this page. Yeah. In we'll, the sense that I... Yeah, we'll put it online somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, I can understand that kind of argument to an extent. I mean, I I sometimes miss my tonsils, and I don't feel at six that I was given adequate uh, an understanding of whether I wanted to keep them or not. I mean, you know, I could have wanted to have uh, chest infections all the time. That would have been an, a Lovely. thing. Mm. But it would have been your choice to have a chest it's, infection. It's exactly. And that's the thing. Was we all know, you know, that children can make choices and it's why we don't give them the vote because their choices are terrible. They're all Brexiteers. Exactly. I mean, God, the worst. Um, the Daily Mail's naturally cons- natural consistency is the under six and the over sixty. <laughs> yeah, the ones who read the cartoons and the ones who read the other cartoons that masqueraders news what. what, what. <laughs> oh, you've been invested in the spirit of uh, frankness, fr- frankness of um, Lord Northcliffe. I think you'll find Alex. I am, an, in fact, a 22-year-old Spitfire who beats him at golf. Oh, wow. Dressed as a woman. Is that why past. you're so dowdy and your hands are so rough? Get a husband. Right. That's true. And why I've lost so many balls in the river. Mm. Um, although, uh, <laughs> I don't quite know what to say about the foreskins, other than, you know, it's... Um, I mean, it is just skin at the end of the day, right? I mean, like... Hmm. I always have this sort of moment of uh, with, with some uh, things that could broadly be defined as medical advances going, well, of course, uh, you know, t- to everybody, a particular set of problems is important and that that's fine. But, you know, could we grow new eyes or new ears or like new teeth first, I maybe? What, I think what you're missing, Alex, is that this problem is about willies and therefore it's more important. <laughs> I had forgotten that the patriarchy does tell me that that is basically what I am forgetting. I mean, yes, I suppose we haven't really, we hadn't ranked it with the uh, the willy multiplier against it there. No, 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 no. Which is like a hundred. Yeah. It's infinity plus one, actually. The the willy multiplier. That's <laughs> that's the mathematics of patriarchy. Hey, check out the poll at the bottom of the page. Oh yeah. Um, poll about um, your attitude towards foreskin, whether you have it and don't want it, whether you want it and don't have it, or whether you don't possess a penis. Um, you'll find interestingly that 43% of the readers of that article possessed, were possessed of no penis. I'm kind of interested about that because, I mean, I had always assumed that news stories about penises were basically kind of clickbait for people bored at work, and I, I suppose I naturally assumed that the cons- constituency of people who read these articles was guys. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 43% of people who got to the end of that article and clicked on the poll didn't have a penis. Yeah. So, it's weird, you know, because, like... There we go. But, it, but, I mean, it's nice to think that, you know, that these stories, these stories aren't specific, that these stories yeah. are, are somehow universal and human and, you know, kind of help us towards a greater future together. 
I think, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's pretty much where I'm coming at it from as well. Like, so first of all, penises, um, erect or otherwise, are not particularly aesthetically pleasing. So there's not really any um, sort of prurient interest, I don't think, that anyone... But it's an interesting take. thing, though, isn't it? It's, I think that's one of the sort of stories that gets passed around of like, uh, uh. I think it really... It's horses for courses, really, isn't it? It's the whole sort of... <laughs> did you uh, did you see that tweet that was going around or the sort of picture of somebody's iMessage conversation this week of um, uh, sort of somebody sending a message to a woman going, do you want to see a picture of my duck? And she's like, yes! And then <laughs> he goes, uh, no, sorry, dick. And she's like, nope. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think it's that, like you know, I mean, in a in a consensual, you know, yeah, yeah, people yeah. might want to see, but some people might be interested. But I mean, you shouldn't just I put it out there on the off chance. You know, not but... that, yeah, but there's nothing like there's no like appreciation of the wider male form within that article. It's just a very in depth look at um, a, a little bit of a little flap of skin that some men have and some men don't, and so. Sort of picking up what you were saying. Uh, thank you, women, for being interested in that. Yeah, it's a niche subject. Oh, wait, hang on a sec. I feel something coming over the horizon. Maybe it's approaching at warp speed. Yes, I think it is time for us to discuss Star Trek. This is the section where we pine for the sci-fi of um, Christmas past. I think that's how you put it. Many Christmases past. So- I mean, and also, I think we, we knock out Enterprise as canon for this section, because I'm just not, not holding Enterprise in there. No, I think that's fine. Uh... Abrams is allowed and Bakula is not. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you could, if you were lacking a foreskin and you could replicate, like, because presumably a replicator can replicate a foreskin, would you replicate yourself a foreskin? I think so the problem is, that, <clears throat> would you? Would it be replicated, or would you have to go and see Doctor Crusher, and she'd have to, you know, do the whole sort of, well, pop off your trousers and get the old chap out and get one of those sort of little um, kind of hypo-spanner things that Geordie was always holding with the sort of lights that went up and down it and they'd sort of be gradually there for an hour or so rebuilding the skin. Mm. I think it's actually called a dermal regenerator in, in Star Trek parlance. Oh, it's think, one of those little things that looks a bit like an electric razor and it shines a light and makes things better. Yeah, something along those lines. And it would need... I mean, yes. I, I suppose if you'd, if you'd come back from an away mission and the evil aliens had lobbed off your foreskin, mm. you'd be like, oh, well, I'm, yeah, I'm having that back. You know, I need that. I mean, yeah. um, maybe I don't need that, but I, I've certainly got this far in life with one, and I don't care to find out what life is like without one, frankly. Well, I've got good news for you. Yes? The future is here. Wow. Check out um, check out that article again. There is a company trying to 3D print foreskins. Oh, how, how delightful. Yeah, right? Um, I mean, I don't feel that's the same as a replicator, and I, uh, the best I know about this is that 3D printing is kind of plastic. So is that like a sort of... It sounds like it'd be like a sort of skin-shaped horror mask for your willy. Yeah, uh, yeah. It could be, yeah. Like a kabuki mask, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or a non-theatre mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, get, I'd buy one of those. This year's hot Christmas gift for the Japanese theatre lover in your life. <laughs> Possessing of a The penis. Japanese theatre lover in your trousers. <laughs> hey, um... Cast of the the next generation. Who do you think is circumcised? Well, I mean Picard, but on the head. Yes. Uh, yes. Isn't that called trepanning rather than circumcision? <laughs> I feel like that, that's that's a different that's a different thing. I think yeah. you're thinking like tonsoring. Oh, uh, am I? Yes. Oh, well, kind of. Um, I think Riker, but it was an involuntary thing after he picked up a nasty case of the clap. 
Do you think Riker's a tugger? Do you think he's trying to regrow it? I think he's... I mean, I certainly would class him as a tugger. Do you think he can't decide, and that's why he has to um, sit in that ludicrous way? So maybe to avoid cursed, discomfort. Maybe, you know, you know how, like, um, hamsters' teeth continue growing all the time? And they just wet down. <laughs> maybe his foreskin is consistently growing at, like, full speed. And so... So if he didn't do anything on a with chair, it, yeah. yeah, he'd have he'd be able to use it as a lasso. Exactly. There is <laughs> like, in a, like in a nightclub, you know that fishing move that you do. <laughs> Instead of that, <laughs> Riker lassoes you with his foreskin. <laughs> the worst of it is, is that he um, he stole equipment from sickbay to have a little beard put on it. <laughs> Wherever you are, you get double rash from Riker. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I uh, I feel that Worf would have one. Yes, and it I think crenellated like his head. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe batleth shaped. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, data, I don't know. We don't know. We do, we'll just you know. Not that we're going to ask any of these people. It's entirely their own business. No, but, no, you no. Know. We don't. We don't. We don't care. Don't tell us. I definitely don't send us pictures. No. And I mean, uh, of course, it is grossly insensitive of us to speculate as to what's in their trousers, but it is quite funny. <laughs> and we, we are speculating about the characters, not the actors. That's true. Yes. Yeah. No. It's, it's entirely their own business and nothing to, do with, nothing to do with us. Hey, should we move from one type of penis appreciation to a different type? Um, I, that's seamless. Yes. Let's do that. Okay. Again, a piece from BuzzFeed. Um, Australia getting heaps gayer. More like Australia. That's what I say. So tell me a bit about this story. Oh, it's just uh, some research that's been published um, suggesting that people who are happy to admit to a pollster that they identify as, quote, a homosexual um, is is increasing. Over the last uh, sort of few years, it's, it's gone up a percent or two. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, a homosexual sounds like, you know, you're going to be indicted by a Senate committee in the 1950s and some men with very high trousers are going to ask you questions about the homosexual lifestyle or something like that. It sounds, it does sound a little bit, yeah, a little bit like you you might get rounded up. Yeah, it's a bit crisp, isn't it? It is. It's not not that great. Hey, do you want to know um, the most wise thing that was posted on um, on this page? Absolutely. Wisdom from the comments. Um, guy called Darwin Echo, who I... So, oh, sorry, what? Wisdom from the comments. Do-da, do-da. Um, Darwin Echo, who I assumed was a newspaper in Australia, but I checked out his Facebook page, or her Facebook page, and really all I can find is a load of screenshots of some online mum-mum report. So, who knows what Darwin Echo about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which Mumum Reporg was it? Oh, uh, I don't know. Something to do with it, like Mystery Manor, maybe. Oh no, I've never heard of that. No, neither me. It's and that like that's literally all their all their photos or all their public photos at least on Facebook. Where okay, well. So either I mean, that's the only thing they do, or that's the thing they're most proud of. In either case, they thought. Uh, they thought it was the right moment to comment on on the statistical cluttering of um, LGBT people in Australia. Yeah. Uh, here's the comment. Quote, um, no. The numbers are constant. About 6% of women and 9% of men. All that changes with the number of people that were polled, or the population of the poll, or the willingness of the people polled to tell the truth. Drop the uh, mic. Drops the mic, I think. Is that something where, like, I mean... 
was truth underlined? Was it bold? Was it, you know, it, it feels like the, the, the next sentence would be like, wake up sheeple or, you know, fear your homosexual overlords or something Some, along those something lines. Something like that. It's also like, it's not, it's, there's no, there's no research cited. It's not one of these, not an essay in the comments. It's simply an assertion. 6% of women, 9% of men. Um, citation needed? No. Citation is pure bluster. <laughs> Wait, this is an innate fact. This is like you know. This is like how we know how many uh, neutrons are in a hydrogen atom. Like we know this, you know. Exactly. Hu- humans are naturally constituted at nine percent gayness, and that in men and six percent in women. And woe betide anybody who tries to challenge that. Yeah, exactly. Although I love um, the the CEO of the guy. In response to this, I like to imagine a conversation. I don't actually. But there is a sort of conversation occurring between the guy who did the research or the guy, the CEO of the firm who did the research and Darwin Echo, whoever the fuck you are, um, who points out, which is quite a, a brave step, I'm going to say in advance, that determining the number of gay people in Australia is, quote, pretty irrelevant. It's, uh, it's not about um, doing headcount. It's much more about... Um, Understanding how the society is becoming more open and accepting um, of, of homosexuality. I think that's kind of true. I mean, like I, I remember hearing the sort of nine percent statistic when I was uh, when I was fifteen, a, maybe. Yeah, and kind of going. So that means basically one in ten. So who in my year is gay? Well, like, exactly. Statistically, there must be like three of them. And, yeah. and then you kind of get to a point where you're like, yeah, it doesn't really, does it, I mean... It doesn't work like that. Does it matter? Like... No, exactly. Um, I, think, I, I think that uh, the, the quote given for this article is probably given in a, like, it doesn't matter, you guys. It's not about the numbers. But, like you say, frankly, pissing into a hurricane of paranoia from straight people who are going, how many other? Where are they? Are you one? Oh shit, statistically, maybe I'm one. Oh my god, what if I'm a gay? I, I always get this when, when I see news stories about like, oh, we, we're looking for the gay gene. And you kind of go, I mean, A, with my sort of sociology hat on. Yeah. What the fuck is a gay gene? Like, you know, come on. And, but see, I, every time people are looking for it, I'm like, if, it, if, it, if, 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 there was something like, you know, it's like saying that there's a gene that makes you prefer to shop at Sainsbury's rather than Tesco. I mean, it's yeah. just not that kind of simple on-off switch. But anyway, if there were... If you are, quote-unquote, a homosexual, the club card points are much better. Uh, that would be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but it, it annoys me that, like, because I'm, I end up thinking that eventually there'll be one of those sort of... Um, like home testing kits that somebody in the Bible Belt will bring out for like test your child for the gay gene, and then yeah. it would just be it would just turn into some horrible eugenics project. And I'd rather we all just stopped looking and went, you know what? Maybe we should spend all this like money sequencing genes to work out like how to cure cancer or something Grow actually important or something. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, have they not seen that the actual priority with willies is working out like whether people can have foreskins, foreskins regrown, not what people do with the foreskins when they are regrown. Exactly. Like, come on, it's it's it, the freedom to um, the right to bear arms, the right to bear a foreskin and not be asked what you're going to do with it. Like, there's no waiting period for a foreskin. No, irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Donald Trump tweet. <laughs> There's no mandatory waiting period for foreskins. Irresponsible. <laughs> Except considerably more coherent and sensible than anything he's ever said. <laughs> can, um, can, can you, when we're done with this, record, um, ask Donald Trump what his opinion on foreskins is on Twitter? <laughs> I can do it now. <laughs> <laughs> 
of course, uh, I am currently, you know, uh, bound by some sorts of political neutrality uh, clauses in my contract. So I, 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 of course, could not interfere in the US election. No, definitely not. I mean, like, and I can't, I, I mean, being realistic, I can't either. But that's not going to stop me from trying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, don't ask Hillary, though. I feel like she gets enough kind of weird tweets from yeah. people asking her about penises. I think, you know, just just Donald. Just Donald. Just the Donald. Just the um, Donald. Yeah, no, it might, might touch quite a raw nerve with him. What, with his tiny, stubby hands? and <laughs> well, I was like, what, has he just recently lost his penis and his nerve <laughs> exposed? Like, what? <laughs> what we'll do is we'll send him a kabuki mask for his penis and <laughs> see how he reacts to that. God, you said uh, kabuki and didn't rearrange those uh, syllables in something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, from one matter of what people may or may not do in private with their foreskins... And, and other, like, other parts, other consensual partners not involving foreskins, to another um, scenario in which people are doing things behind uh, closed doors, like, as long as it's between two consenting adults, it's fine. Smoothest segue ever. I, wow. I mean, I, I, love, I love how kind of conciliatory we are to the idea of <laughs> sexualities that aren't our own. I feel like we should congratulate ourselves with a good tap on the back. Let's everyone tap, 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 tap. Well done. Um, it's time for that was the week that was a while ago. After dark, um, from a year ago on the on the Dear Abby uh, online advice column, uh, Alex. I'm going to give you a title of, a, of an advice column article. I'd like you to make up the problem, and I'm going to make up the solution. Actually, I think we're probably going to come to the solution together. But um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, go for it. Well, I say go for it. I'm going to go for it. You need to tell me the problem, I and do. then I will tell you the actual problem that's underlying this 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 headline. Okay. Man standing on formality may trip up marriage plans. I feel like this is relevant to me at the moment as I am mere uh, 16, 15 days away from mm. becoming a married. Very exciting. Um, yes, it's deeply exciting. Um, deeply. Do and you feel I... like a foreskin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to say that I think the problem that he has is that... Is... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the man standing... Oh, he's just got a massive skin. Who are we trying to hit? <laughs> is it Riker? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that, like, he had a long tie and he was going to trip over his tie because he's too formal. But apparently what's actually happened, he's got a massive ever-growing foreskin that he's tied into a tie that then loops around and goes back over his shoes and he tripped over on the way down the aisle and ruined the wedding and also his foreskin. Mm. The thing is, because it's presumably the 23rd century, here's the solution to this. Presumably it's the 23rd century. Everyone's figured out that um, spending money on how to... figuring out how many... what percentage of the population are, is, is gay um, is, not a, is, is irrelevant because it's the 23rd century and everyone just chags out whoever they like anyway, right? Or marries whoever they like. Assuming that the gay agenda gets its way. Oh, yes, yeah, so God willing. God willing. Um, so probably been redirected into foreskin research hasn't it i mean at a time in life where they've they've cured you know where, where they can create faster than life travel uh faster than life faster than light travel uh you know you can have tea earl gray hot mm. at any time of the day or night mm. and uh you can create horrifying erotic fantasies in the safety of a cargo warehouse then yeah Presumably, the natural endpoint of that would be, you know, rather than trying to break further physical boundaries of the speed of starships or, you know, working out ways to 
no it would be yeah it would it would all come down to foreskin research but i mean of course you've got to remember here that i mean i think our failing oscar is that you and i take a very sort of uh roddenberry-esque view of star uh, of science fiction mm. and i think we should maybe think a bit more in, a, in an asimov frame of mind okay Im- imagine that you know the first human colonists leave for alpha centauri and they get there they set up a they find some way of making a Dyson sphere or something like that. Okay. But they're separated from us for thousands of years. Okay. But and one of Riker's ancestors is there with his freakishly growing foreskin. <laughs> and due to the innate Rikerness of Riker, many of the subsequent generation of uh, Dyson sphere inhabitants can trace a direct lineage to, uh, you know, James the foreskin Riker. Right. And it kind of means that you know a whole branch of humanity their defining characteristic being a proboscis like trunk emanating from their junk is um you know born you know the beautiful thing about that culture is they really use every part of the foreskin they they tan the foreskin and turn it into leather for clothes when the algal growths for the new colony failed they simply those possessed of a foreskin they simply sliced off foreskin sashimi and subsisted on foreskin for the first hundred years until they managed to get the uh, the terraforming done. It's really no, no, it's, it's not, wonderful. It's not sashimi. It's, it's going to be calamari. Come on, his little rings. Uh, calamari, foreskimari. Um, yeah, no, you're right. And um, I think you're, I think you're correct. That, like on that point, really, what he should do is remember that this day is not about him. It's about both of them. So if he really insists on making his foreskin a feature of their wedding. <laughs> What you should do is grow it, and if, I think if you like, take a sufficiently long section and then um, chop it off and slit open one side, what you'll end up with is like a sort of long rectangular piece of, um, well, it's something that vellum. can be turned into human vellum. <laughs> human vellum. Um, if you preserve these, like in formaldehyde or something, and then sew a bunch of them together, you'll get something that will be around about the size and shape either of a bridal train or a bridal veil. I mean, I think that's 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 a really nice. But there is a lot of organisation there, and I, I'll be honest. You know, the the less organisation you can you 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 need for a problem, the better your wedding's going to be. You've forgotten the elementary mathematics and rules of patriarchy, which is that foreskins and willies are automatically more important than anything else. Well, no, but this is exactly what I mean, is that I think if it's got to the point where he's, uh, his partner is writing in, then really it's, it's too late to do the kind of tanning process. And instead, he should just lob it off now, saw both ends and turn it into a helium balloon, uh, maybe into yeah. the shape of like a little dog the, for the reception. Or, or, the, or, or he should throw it into the crowd after the ceremony. Whoever catches it is <laughs> the first one. I don't know. Did we come to a, did, what, what should this man standing on his foreskin do? I mean, initially reduce pressure, but do it gradually, otherwise all the blood will rush back in too quickly. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Hey, what do you think we learned this week? I feel like we learned how to share stories about foreskins. Mm, we learned the mathematics of patriarchy, didn't we? Oh, yes. Infinity yeah, the, plus the, one. The foreskin multiplier, yeah. Mm. Um, we, I feel like we learned nothing about the Daily Mail other than they, when left to their own devices and without the critical feedback loop of the internet, they will do exactly what they, you think they'd be doing, which is like perving on young girls and uh, playing golf. Yeah. And, and hating French people. Yeah. Um, I think we learned, we didn't learn anything, but we had what we already suspected confirmed to us, which is A, quite pleasing, and B, exactly what the Daily Mail does anyway. So have a taste of your own medicine, huh, Northcliffe? Yeah. That'll show him. Yeah. 
Uh, what else did we learn? Um, Not much about Australia other than, I mean, maybe it's more of a sort of thing about humanity that we all just need to stop trying to quantify people's sexuality in terms of numbers and just go, eh, a bit more. Yeah. I think, does I think does anyone that. even care anymore? I think we learned far more than we wanted to about Riker. I, I feel like learned is a strong... I think we um, we guessed a lot more about... <laughs> we had some interesting... Um, yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe we should just leave that there. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to touch anything he's touched, because I don't know what he's touched it with. I don't know how versatile that trunk is. <laughs> Well, that's about all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and uh, please, uh, if you're not already subscribing, please do subscribe. And if you really fancy being extra specially lovely to us, please review us in iTunes or Stitcher or Overcast or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Helps um, other people to discover the podcast if you say that you like it. And also, you can help us spread this like Zika virus before an Olympic Games and share it with your own friends on Facebook or the Twitters or really anywhere you want to. Um, you can contact us via the Twitters. Uh, what's your Twitter's name, Alex? I'm at Blangry. And I am at Mr. Underscore Oscar. Uh, and you can also email the podcast uh, with comments, corrections, suggestions, or pure jokes. And, and be the excitement of be the, being the first listener email. <laughs> Do you want to be that person? Be yeah. that person. Be Go the change it. you want to see in our inbox. Yeah. Um, grow the foreskin you want to see in the world. (laughs) 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 Um, So the the email address is t3w4a2podcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was the week. That was the while ago.